And so I think one of the misconceptions that's rampant in the church is that Holy Spirit is a representative of freedom, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But there's freedom because His structure is now on our lives. You're tuning in to Coach and Joe, conversations on friendship with God. <laughs> you overspun. Overspun. It's embarrassing. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm here with Blake. My name is Joe, and we are currently in a series. Is this our first YouTube slash podcast series we've ever done? Yeah. We've been doing Coach and Joe for a long time. <laughs> no, but actual series within the show. More than two episodes, yes. Yeah, so yeah. we're in a five and a six-part series covering our five core values. So we did an intro pilot episode that covered paradox because here at Bridgeway Church, yes. all of our core values are seen through the lens of paradox. Yes. Our first core value here at the church is word and spirit. The second is relationship and responsibility. And the third is what we're going to talk about today, Blake, is... Freedom and structure. Freedom and structure. So, Fannin, let me ask you a question. Are you a structure guy or a freedom guy? Go. I love to have the freedom to build structure when necessary. Okay, mm. but, but in your broken state... Where would you have landed? Because I'll tell you, I, I was a structure, structure individual. I hate structure. I want to run around, do whatever I want, eat whatever I want, Why? anytime. There you go, up top. There it is. I appreciate your truth. Um, you guys, the truth is, is, is this is a tough one. It is a tough one. For a lot of people because it, it now all of them, all of them can poke different areas of us that like we don't like, but I think the freedom and structure one can really step on our toes. Yeah. Um, why is that? First of all, tell me, what is freedom and structure? Why is this one of our core values? I think with, with freedom and structure, the first thing that we have to define is that we're actually looking at two different freedoms. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at the freedom from and the freedom to. Explain that. And so and, and so and freedom from moving to freedom to hinges on structure. Yeah. So the National Endowment for Financial Education uh, or something along those lines, I apologize if that's your organization, they've reported that about um, 80% of people that get a massive inheritance of some kind of financial windfall, that those people end up bankrupt in about two years. Mm -hmm. And what happens with that is, is when you receive that amount of money, you honestly have no idea what that means for you. Mm -hmm. And so if some, if I received, you know, if I was one of those people that won the billions dollar lottery and someone said, hey, could you spend $20,000 a month for the rest of your life? I don't know. I have no idea. Could you spend 5000 a month for the rest of your life and be okay? I don't know because I have no idea what that amount of money means or yeah. what it can do and, and how, you can, how you can steward that. And so nobody, nobody wants to go bankrupt, right? Nobody that wins a lottery or gets a big inheritance, wants to bankrupt yeah, It's themselves. like a burning desire to get No, yeah, it's like you don't do that um, unless you're Brewster and Brewster's Millions. Have you yeah. seen that? No. Another movie you haven't seen? What's the movie? It doesn't matter because you haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. It's someone that has to spend uh, an exorbitant amount of money in a short amount of time okay. and have nothing to show for it. What would you do if you had to do that? Uh, I would uh, pay the power bill. Okay. Uh, I would pay off my mortgage. Do you want to know what I would do? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not joking. I would get quadruple chicken at Chipotle. That'd be go. the first big purchase that I would make you, if I had. You do you. <laughs> I think you have a problem, Joe. I love Chipotle. How much chicken it's would that be? Chipotle Bay for me. Mm. <laughs> could you eat? Could you I'm eat? single, guys. I, I got to find relationships with something. Could you eat quadruple for me, chicken? It's Chipotle. 
Could I eat quad quadruple yeah, chicken? Quad chicken. Quad chick. Quad chick. <laughs> I probably could. You want to know a restaurant that I don't like is chicken sa- chicken salad chick. Is it okay for me to say what I don't yeah, like? Up top. Okay. As long as you make sure that it's your opinion. Yeah, it's definitely my opinion. I mean, go eat at chicken sal- salad chick. I know a lot of Just people don't invite that me to love go with it. you. Okay, good. But I, I don't. Good. Where were we? I, this is totally my fault. I took us away from you the instructions. So you're talking about, oh, spending an exorbitant, yes. so oh, spending, spending exorbitant, a, an exorbitant amount of money. So you bankrupt yourself, right? But you don't intend to. But you do it because you don't know how to steward what's been given to you. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the kingdom of God, the truth is that we've inherited an incredible inheritance. And it's something that, honestly, I don't really know what it means for my life. Mm-mm. And so in trying to steward that, I can try my best. But what happens a lot of times, what happens with a lot of people, is you end up spiritually bankrupt. Not because you're evil, not because you're trying to bankrupt yourself, but because you just don't know what you don't know. That's so good. But... Right? And so when we're looking at freedom and structure and the two freedoms, really the first freedom what we have is this is the freedom from sin, death, the law, slavery, basically the cycle that we put into place in Genesis 3. That it becomes a cycle of sin, death, and the law, and the Father working way after way after way to bring us back into relationship with Him, ultimately through Jesus. And so through Jesus and through the Spirit that happens there, we get freedom from that cycle. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we stop there. Because what do we do, right? But that's not where in the garden it wasn't to just... It wasn't to just exist, there was, right? We're tasked in the garden to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue the earth. Amen. And so that brings us to the freedom, the freedom too. Mm-hmm. But we can't step into it because we just talked about in relationship and responsibility mm-hmm. that you have to start with relationship before you can move into whatever. So the same thing in freedom and structure. We have to first be set free from mm-hmm. the cycle of sin and death and the law and slavery and bondage. And once we are free from that, now we can be at a place to, through the structure of the Holy Spirit, because I actually believe that the Spirit is a structure yep. person. Right? So Most I. of the words that we use for the Spirit, right? Counselor, guide, teacher, right? these are all structure terms, mm-hmm. not just freedom terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's through this structure of the Spirit that now we can be free to fulfill what God first intended for us, which is to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue and rule the earth. Blake, you, there's a lot of things that we say on this podcast that we can... Go by, but sometimes Holy Spirit highlights something. What you just said was that you believe Holy Spirit yeah. is the structure. Absolutely. Explain that. So I think an important thing to note, too, is, is God always gives structure in the context of grace-filled covenant. And so in the very beginning, we start off with grace and a grace-filled relationship with him, which is he makes us in his image, right? And he tasks us to do the things of who he is. Then comes a directive of and here's how here's how to live your life don't eat from this one tree and then we see the same thing in exodus that first god frees all of his people Mm -hmm. and they are now safe right they're protected they're cared for they're free from egypt they're free from slavery god has provided for them he's protected them then 50 days later he gives them the 10 commandments which is now just a guide so that they can steward their newfound freedom Right, the Ten Commandments were just a, a structure of here's how you can live your life. And then again, we see the same thing in the life of Jesus. So Jesus dies on the cross, is resurrected, our sins are forgiven, we're entered back into a new covenant with the Father, uh, we're restored back into the family, and then on the day of Pentecost, which celebrates the Ten Commandments, right, 50 days after, mm-hmm. we get the, holy, like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
And so it's, again, it's a picture of in the context of a grace-filled covenant, God is good enough to give us a structure to help us steward that freedom. And let's zoom in on what you just said about the Holy Spirit coming, because Holy Spirit showed me this. You know what's fun, guys, is when you start to get revelation straight from the mouth of the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, as much as this podcast can be a blessing to you, make sure you're in the Word for yourself. Mm. Like, I can't tell you how how stunned my spiritual growth was early in the early days because I always ate pre-digested food. It's kind of when Paul's talking about, hey, at this point, you should be you should be off milk. You should be eating meat for yourself. Because when God shows you something in the scriptures, it's crazy for the intimacy that it, it, it brings for you and him. Yeah. Because you know and he knows that the only reason you know it is because he showed you. It wasn't, you didn't hear it secondhand. This revelation was one of those for me. If you go into Acts, because you were talking about the Holy Spirit, his coming was, was a prophetic picture of the structure of the Lord. Well, if you look even closer to why and when Holy Spirit came, if you go to Acts 1, Peter gets a word of the Lord, and he starts quoting from the Psalms. And he's starting to quote about how someone needs to fill the place of Judas Iscariot Mm -hmm. to fulfill his office and his role. And so what they do is they cast lots between, I think it's Joseph and Matthias are the two guys' names. Matthias wins, and so Matthias is the first, is the twelfth apostle. The very next thing that happens, which is in Acts 2, is that Holy Spirit falls. So I think that's a it's a picture of the chron- like the chronolo- chronological order of how things are happening. The f- the very last thing that has to happen before Holy Spirit comes is the last person has to be in order, right? The wineskin has to be finished for the new wine to be poured out. Yeah. Holy Spirit didn't come until Judas's spot was filled. Like God is so structured that there was a there was an order that the, op- the apostles had to have before the Holy Spirit could be yeah. poured out upon all flesh. And so I think one of the misconceptions that's rampant in the church is that Holy Spirit is a representative of freedom, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But there's freedom because His structure is yeah. now on our lives. Yeah. It's not freedom for freedom's sake. It's freedom for the sake of God, which is His kingdom and His way. We pray for His kingdom to come. What we're asking, what we're beckoning in is a kingdom. There is no such thing as a kingdom without order. When we pray that, it's, one of the, it's the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. First of all, he's saying yours and yours. So that's that's asking for what God wants. It's his will. It's his way. That's a structure word. That's structure. But his kingdom in and of itself is a structured, ordered kingdom. But what happens, Blake, is that when you're in the kingdom of God, that's the most free place to be. And so you've got great revelation on what the boundary, the structure boundary in the kingdom of heaven is. Yeah, so the the law of the kingdom of heaven, we've talked about it some before, is love. Mm-hmm. And so Paul says that's the better way when it comes to spiritual gifts. And so even in, in, when looking at the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to be structured, but the Spirit's always going to be operating within that boundary of love. Yes. And so he's going to guide you, lead you, teach you, but it's never going to happen outside of that outer wall of love because that is the boundary. That is the, right. that is the, those are the walls of the structure that everything else has to fit with. What is a boundaryless kingdom? Uh, it is, um, well, it's just, I had the picture of uh, cutting into a pie. And then as soon as you take that slice out, everything just, mm-hmm. and everything's just gone. And, and the truth is, is, you guys, there's actually no such thing as life anywhere without structure. Yeah. See, because what Paul says, it, sin is a structure. Yeah. So if you're if you're in sin, you're actually a slave to it. So you got to serve somebody. And whether you believe with it or agree that you are, the truth is is you are serving someone. 
it's the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Or the, Jesus says it this way, if you're not for me, you're against me. There's no neutral, right? Like there's literally no neutral. There's a, there's a story and it, it shifted my life when I heard this. And that sounds so dramatic. But I'm going to tell it to you. A man goes to sleep one night and he had a dream. And in the dream, he saw a green field and a white fence right down the middle of the field. In the dream, he hopped up onto the fence and he began to walk. And as he walked, he looked to his right and off in a field, he saw Jesus. And there was a massive amount of people around him all gathered, eating, playing, drinking, just with Jesus in this field. And he said, that's nice. And he continued to walk and he looked to his left and he saw Satan. And there were people around him, but they were in shackles, in chains, in bondage. But they were around him. They were gathered. They were cleaved to him. And this man continued walking on the fence. And he, he thought about Jesus, so he looked to Jesus again, but Jesus wasn't there. He's like, well, that's weird. And all the people were gone too. And so he looked to his left, and Satan was gone, and all the people with him. And so it's just this man on this fence in this green field alone. And as he walked along, he looked to his left, and all of a sudden, Satan was right there face to face. And the man said, what are you doing here? And Satan just smiled. And the man said, but I didn't choose you. I didn't choose Jesus, but I most certainly didn't choose you. And what Satan said is, but I own the fence. Mm. And if that story, when I had first heard it, it, it hit the depths of my spirit because it, it made me realize that there is no such thing as structureless anything. Yeah. There is no such thing as freedom without structure. Yeah. Because if we're not in the structure of the Lord, which is the safe, true place for freedom to be manifest, we're in the structure of the kingdom of darkness, which is bondage. Yeah. And the worst kind of bondage is a bondage that you don't know you're in. See, and I think the fence is a place of indifference, right? And and th- this is a place of, hey, if you're lukewarm, like I would rather you're, you're hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I want to spit you out of my mouth. And that's what a picture of this fence is, is this place in the middle. It's a place of indifference. And so when we're looking at these two kingdoms, and we have a kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of light. Yep. We have a kingdom of darkness. Well, the, the crowning achievement of, um, of Jesus was forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Right? The crowning achievement of Satan is entitlement. Right? But, when, but when we look at, when we keep looking at the things that make a kingdom, because a, king a kingdom has a king, and so both kingdoms have a king. Mm-hmm. A kingdom has a people, which unfortunately in both kingdoms, we're the people. Mm-hmm. We're the subjects. And a kingdom has a territory. And again, in, in, in both kingdoms, the territory, a lot of it is shared because that's where the battle is happening. That's where the fight's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at the law, though, that a kingdom has, the law of the kingdom of heaven is love. The opposite of love isn't hate. The opposite of love is indifference. And so the law of the kingdom of darkness Hold is on, indifference. Hold say on, th- say that again. So the, the opposite of love, which is the law of the kingdom of heaven, is not hate. Because God can hate things. Come on. There it is. God can hate our sin. He can hate things that we do. The, the scriptures say, God, yes. he, he, there's things that he hates. Yes. He is love. But when God hates, he always does it in a way that's good, right, and perfect. That's a fact. Because he's the only one in the story that always does what's good, right, and perfect. So the opposite of love is actually indifference. It's not caring. And that is where the fence is. It's, it's just not picking one side or the other. Because here's the thing, I would, like it's probably better to be cold than lukewarm because if you're cold, then you're still in the fight. Yes. Paul, when he was Saul, Saul was cold, which means he's fighting. If, and if you're fighting against the kingdom of heaven, then the kingdom of heaven is still fighting you. And there's always opportunity after opportunity after opportunity yes. for you to be pulled over to the other side of the fence. Yes. The problem is if, if you're indifferent, if you're not engaged in the battle, then you're not engaged in the battle. 
And it's actually a brilliant, if, if for the devil, indifference is a brilliant thing to have yeah. veiled to Christians. Yeah. Because if he can, if he can get them to say, well, I'm just not that strong. I mean, I'll go, but I'm not. It just kind of is what it is. Or even to say, hey, I just want to love everybody. You hear this language a lot right now, which yes. is just like, hey, like, there is no anything. Just, just love. Just, just love. Like, no religion really matters. You know, I was actually getting my guitar strings re-strung, and the guy who was doing my strings was talking. He's like, yeah, like, whatever you believe is fine. But, you know, it's just about love. Like, at the end of the day, like, you can have your faith. I can have mine. And it's all just love. Well, the Bible opposes that thought. Yeah. See, because there is kingdoms. Yeah. There are kingdoms. That's terrible English. There are king- there do be kingdoms. There there are kingdoms. And the question is is this in the conversation of freedom and structure, which side of the fence are you on? Mm. And if you can honestly say, Hey, I haven't chosen Jesus, but I most certainly haven't chosen Satan, maybe you have to come face to face with the reality that Satan owns the fence. But as you go, may you be blessed to know that the law of the kingdom of light is love. And that the freedom that you're craving, which at the core DNA of every humanity, of every human being, is a desire and a longing for Eden. Mm-hmm. And in the place of Eden, which you go to your Bibles and read it yourself, intensely structured the yeah. way that God made it in the beginning yeah. in Genesis 1 and 2. But just know this, you guys, that's the freest place you'll ever be. Here's, here's how structured God is. We already know where to go in the country and at what time on what date to see the next solar eclipse right years away that's that's pretty precise if you ask me you didn't but i'm telling you it's precise it's precision go in peace thanks for tuning in to coach and joe catch more episodes on youtube and podcast to take a deeper look at friendship with god check out coachandjoe.com 